three, two, one. Welcome back everybody, here is Simon Severino and today we explore with the author of Thursday is the new Friday, how to work fewer hours and make more money, how to do more of what you want, why he started the practice of the practice podcast and how to get into the flow of slowing down and killing it. Welcome everybody, Joe Senok. Simon, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. Absolutely. Joe, what are you currently creating? Oh, man, there's so much that I enjoy creating. Actually, right before this, I was doing a watercolor painting. Uh, so I was drinking a, a bulletproof smoothie and just kind of starting my day. So uh, I've been trying to find some things just in my life that slow me down so that when I come into these type of interviews, I can just absolutely kill it and create with you. Uh, the other thing is I, I have two daughters that are seven and 10. And so we are constantly creating. I, I always have glitter in my hair or like something unicorn or mermaid based. So uh, they're just really fun ages where we can kind of create our own interesting uh, improv scenes or funny scenarios. It's just uh, a joy with the two of them. Oh, I can resonate. My boys are three and six. So every second is a festival. Every second we are either a band or a theater or both, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I feel like kids have this like natural curiosity where like we forget that so much of their world, it's happening for the first time ever. You know, the first time they see, you know, a rainbow, the first time they see a car accident, the first time they see anything, it's the first time they've seen it. And they're just trying to make sense of this world. And it's just so exciting to join them in that as a guide. And your passion fits well with this, with staying curious, with staying fresh, with staying open, because you say, hey, people, we are all working too much. We don't need to do this. There is a better way. Tell us about your research, about your book. Yeah, what's really interesting, you know, when we start to think about how we work now, uh, my mind naturally says it's hard for us to know where we're headed if we don't know where we've been. We need to know the history. Uh, and so if we go back several thousand years, uh, it was actually the Babylonians that gave us the seven-day week. Um, and so this thing, the seven-day week that feels like, you know, seven days, that feels very solid. The Babylonians just made it up. The Romans had a 10-day week. The Egyptians had an eight-day week. Um, and so if we just start with time itself, we made up. It doesn't make sense uh, in nature anywhere. Uh, the earth goes around the sun, uh, that takes a year. The earth spins, that's a day, but there's nothing that's seven days. It's just as random as if we had a five-day week and we had 73 of those in a year. Uh, and then I started to wonder, well, okay, if that's where the seven-day week came from, where did the 40-hour week come from? This idea that we have to work 40 hours, five days a week, well, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, the average person was working 10 to 14 hours a day, six to seven days a week. I mean, it was a farmer's schedule, even if you didn't work on a farm. And so you're working tons of hours. So then, you know, in 1926, Henry Ford, uh, he actually, to sell more cars to his own employees, switched over to the 40-hour work week. His idea was that people would not get a car to get to work faster, but if they had a weekend, then they would buy a car. And so this thing that we think is so solid again, you know, the 40 hour work week, working five days a week, um, it's actually an invention that's less than 100 years old. And so then fast forward to the pandemic of 2020, globally, 
we see that we say to ourselves, like, we don't have to work this way. We, we test out a new modality because of the pandemic. And now, um, as you know, who knows where it will head from here, but we're all asking ourselves, how did we ever work that way? Why did we think like the industrialists? You know, we don't think of people as machines or as conveyor belts anymore. Uh, we, we think of people as diverse and different and having different points of view. Uh, we can't fall into that prescriptive model. So that brings us to present day and the, the research around it and looking at countries and businesses that are pushing back on this 40-hour work week and saying, let's test a four-day work week. You know, Iceland just released their 2,500 person study uh, in multiple areas, and they found that the four day work week ended up leading to higher productivity, higher happiness, and better health outcomes. And so we're seeing that we actually don't need that full 40 hours, that full five days a week to get done what we typically thought that we needed to get done. That's powerful. How, how are you implementing these practices? You are an entrepreneur. Do you set a specific schedule? Do you go with the flow? Yeah. So I think that the unique thing for entrepreneurs is that we get to choose what we do with our time. And so the problem isn't we're running away from work we hate. It's usually the opposite, that we're so excited about you know the YouTube channel or the podcast or the new interview that just feels like we could do this all the time, which is a great position to be in, but also then learning to set my own boundaries for what I want to do so I have the best, most creative energy for those areas. So in 2015, when I left my full-time job, that first summer, I did an experiment. And actually, in the book, I talk through ways to do experiments to figure out for yourself what's the best flow. Because oftentimes we want this prescription. Here's the five tips. Everybody should do it this exact same way in this exact same blueprint. Uh, but that's an industrialist way of thinking. We want to think about it more as a menu of, okay, I'm going to try this thing and see how it works. I'm going to try another thing, see how it works. So in 2015, I took Fridays off for that summer to just see if I could have a summer without working Fridays. And I looked at the numbers at the end of the summer and every single month was better financially than the month before. And so that first summer experiment worked. So I kept that, that four day work week. And then I continued to do time experiments. Um, so even continuing to look at how am I gonna work? When am I gonna work? Uh, from September of 2020 until April of 2021, I took my daughters on a road trip around the United States living out of a camper. Um, and so instead of locking down and doing Zoom school, I thought if they're out in nature, they're going to learn way more um, than, than you know if they just sit and look at a screen. Uh, and through that process, I had to reinvent my schedule. And so I would do uh, two days a week, one week, and then take a week off for travel and then two days a week. So for that time, I was working five to six days a month, um, really honing in on what's the best use of my time. But then I was slowing down enough that when I did show up to work, I just ran full tilt. We, in our mastermind, in, in two hours, we have our small private mastermind and we will have the CEO of onlinejobs.ph telling us how he works only in the morning. He makes 1 million in turnover and he has five kids and every day when they come back from school, they do just fun stuff. And they do so much fun stuff that they are going like, no, dad, we don't want to wakeboard. We're having fun so much. Can we stop having fun? Can we do something else? <laughs> and uh, so what what have you found out what what is working in terms of yeah how how does one find so is there any specific way how to run these experiments and uh, what are the questions that people uh, can ask themselves to find their best flow 
Yeah. So I think that CEO really has tapped into it because, you know, when we give ourselves less time, uh, I would say, so step one would be, we want to give ourselves less time than we think we need. And, and so if you're right now working five days a week as an entrepreneur, rein it into four days a week, or maybe every other week you take Friday afternoons off, just pull it in a little bit. Because what that does is it naturally makes you drop the ball. You want to drop the ball on things that are not important. So say you have 20 tasks in a week that you need to get done. And because you've shortened your schedule, you only get 15 done. Well, that then tells you the five tasks that really aren't that important, that you should be outsourcing, that you should be um, eliminating, that you should be delegating in some way, that you should um, maybe find a software as a service to automate. And so that's going to do that's going to do that exact thing. Uh, then once you figure out your single best use of your time, you want to double down on doing more of that. And so, for example, um, I've figured out that when I podcast um, that is a direct correlation to our top of the funnel. So we have more people opting in for email um, programs that we have. We have more people opting in for e-courses, which then leads to our higher ticket items. And so instead of just doing one podcast a week, I then added a second podcast a week. And then after that, I added a third podcast a week. And so by finding those areas that only you can show up to do, it then allows everything else to flow so much better. So the CEO you're talking about, I imagine what they do in the morning isn't small wastes of time for their business. It is highly focused. It is the only thing that they can do. Uh, and then the rest of their team then takes over the other areas. So then after you've done that and you've discovered your, your limited schedule, then you're going to want to look at how you can have your teams build themselves. Too often, uh, the leaders of the company or the CEO will be the one doing the training or doing all the other things. And so creating a culture where the team evolves over time on its own is really important. So if we think about how the industrialists think, they give people a job role with a bunch of bullet points. Here's what your job is. The, the post-industrialists are more in an evolutionary mindset. And so what this practically looks like is with my own team, several times a year, I'll go to my team members and I'll say, what's, what's a handful of things that you just love doing that you don't want taken off your plate? Second, what are things you hate doing that you do want taken off your plate? And third, what are areas that you want to get trained that are actually going to help you level up in a new way? So one of my staff members, Sam, um, she was starting out doing just images for social media. So you see those quote cards where it has famous quotes with your branding. And then over time, she said, you know what? I really want to like help us put out a magazine. I think that'd be great to do a magazine, a digital magazine. So I said, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. So she went through some training for that. And then over time, she said, I, I really hate doing the show notes. It feels tedious. I'm listening to the podcast. I'm typing it up. It feels like it's not a great use of my time. So then she was the one that sought out a new hire. She did the interviews. I did the final sign off on it. But really, by the time it got to me, it was more just a meet and greet for me to meet this person, to know who Joe is, kind of the person behind a lot of this. So then she did all the training to say, here's how we do show notes. She's doing the handoff. So now I have two people that are co-trained around the same topic in case, you know, that new person gets sick or has to leave. At least I have someone else that's trained in it. And I haven't had to do any of that training. So then that third question of where do you want to go from here? Um, Sam then uh, got extra training in video, video editing. Uh, and then she said, you know, our YouTube channel is doing okay, but I think that we could really kind of get up a notch. And so she went then through some training on how do you really amplify a YouTube channel? So she was in this YouTube for bosses group. And so the idea is that 
you are taking your staff members and helping them continue to evolve and to grow so your business grows and evolves while you're not doing all of that extra work. Powerful. And in your team, everybody is a leader, right? If they say, hey, this task is tedious for me, then they go and hire, which is beautiful. Everybody has ownership, everybody evolves, and this way your whole company evolves. That's beautiful. Tell us about your podcast, because many, many people would cut exactly the marketing things. The first thing to cut would be a podcast. But you say, hey, no, 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 this is part, integral, vital part of my funnel. So tell us about your podcast and, and, and how you use it uh, to create value for people. Yeah, so I started the podcast in 2012. Uh, it's called Practice of the Practice. And so its main focus is helping counselors, psychologists, and life coaches to start, grow, and scale their private practices. So really a very traditional type of private practice. So mental health, uh, helping people with anxiety, depression, uh, you know, frustrating situations. Um, to really go from the very first moment that they think, I want to start a private practice, all the way until they're ready to sell or exit that private practice. We have products all the way through. So it didn't start that way. Uh, it really started with, I had my own counseling private practice, and I realized very quickly I had zero business skills when it came to running that practice. I you know, was highly trained through graduate school. I could do great clinical work. I had all these internships but I had no idea even what an LLC was, let alone how to do bookkeeping and marketing and all these other things it takes to run a business. So in 2012, uh, I started planning uh, the Practice of the Practice podcast and launched it. And really it was for me to be a co-learner with the audience. And at the time there were no podcasts about the business of private practice. So right away, I'm number one. And so, I mean, that was a, a good tip that find an area where there isn't anyone yet and right away you're number one. Um, so I was the number one podcast for counselors in private practice. Then uh, just would read a book and talk about it or interview people that, you know, could teach me something. So, for example, I remember Andy Crestedina uh, was one of my first guests. He was a friend of a friend um, and he's amazing with SEO and blogging and ranking higher in Google. Um, and the things I learned from that podcast early on and started to implement personally for both Practice of the Practice and for my mental wellness counseling website just were game changers for me. And so just really co-learning over time. And then, you know, there's a certain point where it topples over where you don't realize just how much you know. Um, so I started to do more consulting one-on-one -on -one with people that wanted to learn all that I had learned. They wanted the help to actually implement what I was talking about because we have moved outside of the information age. There's plenty of information out there. Really what we're in now is the implementation age. People hire coaches, consultants to implement quicker. Um, they want to speed up their progress. They don't want to just know what you know. They want you to help them do it quicker. Uh, and that's what they're really paying for. So then over time, uh, grew mastermind groups and membership communities and a number of done for you services um, to the point that now we have things from the very first moment that someone uh, starts a practice to when they're ready to exit it. Oh, that's beautiful. You have niched down completely and then you have shared your learning journey with them. So, hey, we don't know this. Let's bring an expert in. I will bring the right people in. And, and you were learning and they were learning and you were together in this journey. That's beautiful. And that's why it works so well. How, how often do you, do, you, do you post? Do you have a specific content editorial, specific calendar? 
Yeah. So a number of years ago, um, from a blogging standpoint, um, I realized that I just couldn't keep up with the amount of blogs we needed to be writing. Um, so we reached out to our community and offered 10 writing spots to people for them to be able to write a monthly uh, blog post about their private practice, about what they were learning. Um, so really, um, now we have almost a daily um, blog post going live on Practice the Practice, uh, all that isn't written by me. I write probably two a month. Um, and then in addition to that, we have my podcast, which is the Practice of the Practice podcast. So we have three episodes a week, um, two interview shows, and then one Ask Joe show. So I quickly um, made that show by adding a, a third one per week by sending out an email to my list and just said, I'm, I'm planning to do a, another show uh, each week. It's going to be an Ask Joe show. Uh, here's a Google form. Uh, just put in your name, your email, uh, where your private practice is, your website, and then what your question is. And we'll do a backlink to your private practice from our website if we select your question. And in the first, I think, half day, we had 26 questions submitted. So half a year's worth of content for a weekly Ask Joe show. So now I, I just quickly record five or six of those you know, in an hour and a half and have a month and a half of extra content that we're putting out. Uh, and then uh, because we already had the team to manage a podcast and to do all the media and social media, we've launched uh, now 14 other podcasts, um, some that are done for you where people pay us for them. Some of them are just different aspects of private practice. So we have the How to Market a Private Practice podcast that Sam runs. We have the How to Grow a Group Practice podcast which Allison Pigeon runs. We have the Faith in Practice podcast, which is aimed at people that have faith-based practices uh, that Whitney Owens runs. And, and so we have all these podcasts that are now going um, in addition to my own uh, so that we can get the message out and you know, really make it so tough to even compete uh, that we, we have as much of the market as, as we possibly can. This is beautiful. It's, it's so integral how you do it. You started with a niche and then you just were adding more value, more value, more value being always tight to what they need from you, asking them, having that loop really tight. And that's how you, you grew and grew and grew. And, and you now have an empire going on. That's <laughs> And you meet so many cool people. I am curious who you nominate for the strategy award after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. When everybody zigs, this person is zagging, but from your perspective, they're doing the right thing. Who do you pick? I would pick Dr. Jeremy Sharp. Uh, he has the Testing Psychologist podcast. Uh, he's a friend, but he's also someone that's just doing amazing work. Um, so Dr. Sharp, uh, he has a practice where he does testing psychology. So when you think about, you know, if you have to have some sort of assessment done, he has that practice. But then on the other side, he's got the Testing Psychologist podcast and he continues to grow and expand. Um, I actually talk about him in the book um, because he has such a unique way of doing sprints that um, he's a big part of when we talked about your sprint type, which is similar to your personality type, but your type of how you sprint. Uh, so I would definitely nominate Dr. Jeremy Sharp. Oh, yeah. And is it literally how you sprint? So he works with athletes? Uh, no, no. So it's like batching together your, uh, your, your program and how, how fast you're going to run. Oh, nice. That's, that's yeah. perfect. We need to have him. He's a sprinter guy. He's one of us. Yeah. Perfect. Beautiful. Perfect. Perfect nomination. And I'm curious, are there specific books or podcasts that inspire you? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a big reader. There's so many books that I, I really enjoy. Um, for me, I would say that um, one book on kind of the personal development side that's been integral this year has been The Untethered Soul. And then also the book Awareness. Um, those are two books that just from a personal standpoint, um, I tend to get into achiever mode and, and think that the work that I do gives me personal value. Um, and those books really help rein me in and say, you know what, you have value just being you. Um, so I'd say those books, um, the book, The One Thing um, has been a game changer for me. I read that six years ago when it came out. Uh, and so I'd say that book has been so helpful. Uh, and then uh, I would say that you know, just there's so many other podcasts that I just love listening to. So like Smart Passive Income is one that I enjoy. Um, the Bigger Pockets podcast to learn about real estate and I'm kind of adding multiple streams of income through real estate. Um, and then uh, the Ram Das podcast is just a good um, kind of centering podcast around just spirituality and, and thinking differently about, about the world. Beautiful. I have also been reading Michael Singer and... I am also doing the listening to the podcast. He has. I have to check the name of the podcast because I is that I, living from a place of surrender. Is is that the course? I will. I will check in parallel while. Yeah. The Michael because I don't know if that's the yeah Michael, Michael Singer's Singer I'm living podcast. from podcast. Oh sweet! I didn't even realize he had a podcast out now. Um, so. Me neither. I am. I am uh, with a bunch of guys, and we are discussing Michael Singer. And they told me, "Hey, episode number two of this is amazing because it's exactly what you say." So we are all overachievers in that group, and we think, you know, always stronger, faster, uh, and and um, higher. And and this is the perfect counterbalance. To, which says, hey, everything is perfect. And when we yeah. create, we don't create because there is something missing. We create from bliss. Bliss is creating bliss for the sake of bliss. And, and he is the one, really, Michael Singer is the one who can tell it. Like, it's, it's so easy to understand that even me gets it. And, uh, and he, so it's, it's a beautiful podcast, really. And uh, also his online course is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to listen to the podcast because I feel like he's been so helpful in just that idea that awareness is our deepest part of who we are and that our emotions or memories, they can either get stuck or they can just flow through us. And I mean, even his concept of unconditional happiness uh, is just, okay, so I'm not going to have conditions around my happiness. Uh, it, for me, it's been amazing in regards to just feeling more free and more light, even in really challenging, difficult situations. And this is where I want to go deeper with you because everybody listening right now goes, what? I can be happy no matter what? What? This, this entrepreneur, super high achiever, he built this empire uh, year after year and he, he can be happy and calm and peaceful. So how do, you, how do you do it? Do you stop and are happy or can you be happy in action? Tell us. Yeah, I would say that I'm I'm still a work in progress for sure. I mean, I'm learning, you know, along with you, with with people like Michael Singer um, and reading. But what I've learned is that things unfold outside of our control all the time. And, and the idea that the world needs to adjust itself uh, in the way that we think it should adjust itself uh, is just silly. 
I mean, like today's trash day where the, the garbage cans are coming out. So imagine that I thought the recycling should go on the left and the uh, trash should go on the right. And what if my neighbor thought the opposite? And then I get mad about that when there's no right or wrong. You know, the trash company hasn't said that you need to put it on either side. And I'm just annoyed that they don't do it like me. We'd be like, Joe, chill out. Like, why are you freaking out about which side the trash is on? Like, it doesn't matter. But I think we do that all the time. I mean, whether it's traffic or weather or whatever, um, we get so worked up over things that are 100% out of our control. And so for me, just learning that there's a lot that's unfolding that's outside of my control, that's based on other people's decisions, on you know things in the world, and just who knows what it is. Um, that for me to allow myself to go through these phases of, you know, feeling pretty centered and happy and then noticing when that's not the case and then reining myself back in and you're doing, whether it's a meditation practice or physically moving my body or kind of doing some thinking or even just figuring out things that help me feel better. Um, it's a process of kind of undoing these really bad habits of, um, feeling like the world has to adapt and adjust for me, uh, for me to be happy. Uh, versus I'm going to show up, I'm going to see what unfolds, uh, and, and I'm going to allow it to happen. Uh, I mean, for me, one helpful mindset, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Truman Show, uh, but in that show, you know, Jim Carrey's character, and I'm not spoiling it, if you haven't seen it by now, then it's it's like 20 years old. So, uh, But Jim Carrey's character is, is like in this bubble, and there's video cameras on him, and he doesn't know it. And there's like these producers that are making things happen. And I've just kind of had this funny way of thinking about things for myself where when something bad happens or disappointing or just kind of shocking, uh, which has been a lot for me in 2021, there's been a lot of really kind of things that have hit the fan in my life um, to just kind of shake my fist at the producers and be like, you producers, you want to get me all upset, but I'm going to I'm going to be calm and meditative. And you think that this is going to throw me off, but it's not. And so it's just a, a kind of funny way of thinking about, well, you know, the universe is trying to make me get all kind of knocked down, but I'm not going to let it happen. Um, for me, it's been very freeing to have that mindset. Well, I love this when entrepreneurs are so self-aware and on this journey uh, of um, how can I operate from, from fullness, from abundance instead of, you know, from there is something missing. I'm, I have found two things uh, helpful for me. One is Wim Hof breathing, with, which just takes 17 minutes and it changes the day. I do it in the middle of the day. It changes my day completely in terms of, you know, state of being and of happiness. And the, the other thing is something similar to Michael Singer. It's Rupert Spira, who is in the UK, and he teaches the direct path, which is basically what you have just said. You are awareness and your happiness and everything else is, is changing. The only eternal thing is this one and you can go directly there right now. That's it. You don't, have, you don't need any practices or colors or paraphernalia or you don't need to close your eyes or, or sit in a specific position. You can go directly there. Um, th these are the things that I think are really, are really helpful to share. Uh, with everybody listening right now who is also on this path. Oh, that's beautiful. And um, if you look forward, uh, what are you excited about uh, in, in, with your endeavors looking forward? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different things that I'm excited about. Um, you know, even just thinking about 
my daughters and kind of where they're headed. They're in a new school and they're with new friends. And so there's new opportunities just for other parents to, to meet them. I'm excited about that. You know, with this book launch, um, it's so exciting to just see the kind of media we're getting. Um, CNBC is picking it up. Um, Bloomberg News is doing some things on it. Harvard Business Review just released an article about it. And so uh, just from a I mean, we're the post-pandemic generation. We get to reinvent what work looks like. And, and when we see this great resignation, it's because people that are in leadership right now are not recognizing that we are past what the industrialists taught us. And so I'm really excited about in our generation seeing this four-day work week become a reality. Um, and because I, I think when people have that extra time, they can do the self-development work we're talking about. They can do the parenting work or the, the friendship work or all these things that we've undervalued. We've overvalued work so much and we've undervalued fun so much that you know, even you and I, I know we both make space for deeper thinking beyond just the business world. And I mean, even just knowing the, the podcast and the people that you're hanging out with um, that are recommending that podcast, uh, we get to do that work because we've created schedules that allow for that work. We're not stressed out and maxed out. Uh, we're not just burning the candle at both ends. And so I'm so excited to see people start to live these new concepts of time because I think it's going to be better for humanity. It's going to be better for creativity. It's going to be better for our own productivity. And to me, that's just exciting to be part of this global conversation that a lot of people are having right now. This is powerful. You have one new subscriber of whatever you do. Where can we get more? Where should we go and what should we click? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is to uh, order the book. Thursday is the new Friday. We're actually having a six-week mastermind group that's going to be live that I'm teaching. I'm not outsourcing it. Uh, and so if you get 10 of those books, uh, all you do is submit your receipt over at thursdayisthenewfriday.com. And it's amazing. We have some really high-achieving podcasters that are going to be in there, high-achieving leaders. Um, these are people that really want to reinvent their schedule and be leaders in the field. And so there's going to be opportunities to learn, but also time to network and get to know other people. Um, I've always hated being in mastermind groups where I don't get to know anyone in the group. I'm like, there's all these amazing people here that are doing really cool work that I want to collaborate with, but I don't have any space to meet them or get to know them. So we're going to make sure that the people that are in that mastermind group really get to know each other because they're aligning themselves in a way that's so strong. Um, so you can purchase Thursday is the new Friday, wherever you get your books. Um, it's available on Amazon. It's available um, worldwide. Um, and then uh, over at joesanok.com, uh, that's S-A-N-O-K, uh, you can submit your experiments. So as you do things uh, around the four-day work week, we want to learn from each other. We want it to be a hub where people can say, hey, this is what I tried and it didn't work. This is what I tried and it did work. Um, we have a whole experiment section over there where people can be submitting their experiments. Uh, and also you can contact me through that website too for any keynotes or speaking engagements. Oh, I love it. Hey, people, let's try stuff and let's submit our experiments to Joe. That's cool. Amazing. Um, is there anything I forgot to ask you? I don't think so. I'm just so excited about your community and all that you're doing and um, to help them in any way with Thursday is the new Friday. Uh, this is just a, an awesome time to be able to hang out with you and get to know you better. Thursday is the new Friday.com, everybody. And who should be my next guest? Oh, I would say, you know, I nominated Dr. Jeremy Sharp earlier, and I would say that he's someone that would be amazing on this show to just talk through 
uh, his workflow. There's also another therapist with a podcast. His name's Gordon Brewer, uh, who uh, is just such a nice down to earth guy uh, who has done some really big things to level up. So I would say those two guys. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with our community, your wisdom and your book. And uh, thank you so much. We will post our experiments and please come back soon, Joe. Thank you so much. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.